every family story starts somewhere, right? And just because you came in later on in the story doesn't mean that you're any less a part of the family. You wouldn't say that about your kids, right? Well, you came along five years later and seven, but your, your dad and I, we were, you know, we were married for long before you came along, so you're not really a part. No, the kids are a part of your family. You never say that about your kids, right? So why would we say that about us as a church? This might be your first Sunday at a Hope campus. Praise God for that. You might be here as our banners over here, and feel free to do that if you haven't filled in when you came to Hope that those years. There are some people that were here at the very beginning, and everybody in between. How cool is it to see a little, a little more, quite a few more, a lot, and that's all in the last four years just of Hope Des Moines, and I'm guessing there's dozens of you that have not had a chance to sign that yet. But how cool it is. As with any family, it's good to go back to our roots, to remember who we are, and to get re-energized for the mission field ahead of us. And we're going to start with a little bit of hope history here from Pastor Mike. We're going to watch a really quick video, but as you watch this, I want you to also think in your back of your head, this is kind of where we're at right now. What was it like to be a part of a church that was eight, and then 28, and then 48, and then 108? And some of you are like, we worship in a gym, you know, I don't know if we're a real church. Look at where Lutheran Church of Hope started. And let's go back to the beginning. Let's take a look. There was a sign up on Ashworth Road that said future home of Lutheran Church of Hope and a phone number. I came to the office building and played for eight people or so, and we did church. And then the choir got up to sing I was one of, I think, five people left sitting. Uh, everybody else was in the choir, and the choir wasn't that big. That's kind of a very close-knit group of people that everybody knew everybody, and, and we knew if there was a visitor. The doorbell rang, and I opened it, and there's this tall, lanky guy standing there and saying as fast as he could, my name is Mike Householder, and I'm starting a new church here, and would love for you to come if you don't have a church home. It was a, a welcoming spirit and I guess I just kept coming back. It was really neat the, the day that Mike announced that uh, the lease in the office building was, was expiring and don't panic because we found a new church home and it was the church out at Living History Farms. My daughter, Jocelyn, was baptized at Living History Farms when we were just a, a small little church meeting out there. It was really community and family. We all knew one another. I was the architect working on the, the first little church design at 6820 Ashworth Road. In every building committee meeting we'd have, he would say, hey, didn't see you in church this weekend. Need to see you in church next weekend. Of course, it was a very small church in the beginning. I mean, there was literally, I think, you know, 28 people, I think, when we joined the church. So it's a small group. As soon as we had it built, we were out of space. We've just continued to grow, and it's phenomenal. And people would ask us, you know, How, what, what are you people doing? What are, what are you doing? And we'd say, it's a God thing. It was very good. You could just tell that God had gotten a hold of us, and He was going to move us to bigger things. Way back when, you could see that. We came once, and we never looked back. It's just a welcoming atmosphere, even at the small church, to what it is today. Hope is here as a conduit for God's love. God uses hope to spread love, not only through West Des Moines, but now into four satellite churches also, and hopefully even further. So 
so that's all fun and everything, and we wanted to spend a little bit of time uh, looking back and embracing our history, because we don't do that very much. We probably don't do it as much as we should, because uh, it's an important part of who we are right now and where we're headed. But we don't want to stay there either. We don't want to just keep looking back. We also want to look forward and, and praise God for what he's done. You see, the story of hope isn't just about building projects and growth. And you start to sense that in, in the, the hearts of the people who are sharing their stories on that video. It's not just about one project after another, a program or, or anything like that. It's about transformation. It's about a God who takes us just as we are and he says, I, I want to... I want to do something for you. I want to take where you are and I want to bring you to a new place. I, 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 want, to, I want to take your shame and I want to erase that, your guilt. I, I want you to know that you're loved by your creator no matter what and the proof is in the cross of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that you know that my grace is sufficient for you, that it's abundant, that it truly is amazing, that it's wider than your sin no matter what your sin. I want you to know this good news and I want you to know that it's for you. Our God says, it's not because we want this to be, it's because we have God's word on it. And God's word has an amazing track record. And so God speaks to us this good news, this gospel message, that you are my one and only beloved child that I ever made just like you. Your sins are forgiven. My grace is for you. You are set free. I have the power to give you new life now and to give you the promise and the assurance of everlasting life. It is a God who loves us so much he gave his only son to die for us that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. This is the message that God has given to his church, not just this one. This is the message that he's given to his church for generation after generation. And it's the message that we proclaim. It's nothing different than that. It's not like we're, we're, we've come up with something better or different. It's the word of God. That doesn't change, but the way we communicate it necessarily must in order to bring the unchanging truth of God's word into a rapidly changing world. And you've been willing to do that too. And so we praise God for that as well. Because there are people out there Lots of them, more and more all the time, one could even suggest, who are running away from God. Not so much because um, it's them. We've always been a church that hasn't blamed the culture for the, the division between God and the world. We're a church that often says, well, why don't we start with us and confess that sometimes the church stands in the way. Sometimes the church is the thing that blows up the bridge that could have been there between God and the world that he wants to reach, that he wants to bring this amazing grace to. Sometimes we have to be at the front of the line that's confessing the reason there's a gap, there's a reason there's a chasm between God and the world. Sometimes it's the culture. Sometimes the culture gets arrogant. Sometimes the culture gets kind of uh, unfair in their assessment of, of God or his church. But Oftentimes it's the church itself. Sometimes the church is the biggest enemy of evangelism that there is. Sometimes we trip over ourselves. Sometimes we get self-righteous. Sometimes we get on our high horse. Sometimes we find it really easy to look down our noses at the world around us instead of realizing that the call of Jesus Christ, and if we're going to be Christ-like, means to offer love, unconditional and free. 
So there is this call. It isn't just a faith that's for us so that we can consume Jesus and get as much as we can out of the things spiritually. It is this faith that God gives to us to share with the world around us. That's the call because there are people out there who if the church would just be the church. I'm not talking about the, 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 the sort of uh, parody of the church that can exist or, or the church that loses its heart and loses its love and when we lose our love we lose our authority to carry out mission. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a church that's built on the foundation of God's word but has Jesus Christ in our hearts and mission on our minds because there are people out there and a lot of those people over the last 20 years it was you it was you and it was me. It was people like us who've been changed. It's, it's ordinary people like us who've been radically transformed, not to some level of perfection. That's not going to happen this side of heaven. But we have been released. We've been set free. Everybody say freedom. There's this theme in the Bible that talks over and over again, points to the importance of freedom. Jesus Christ says, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you Freedom. The Bible says it's for freedom that you've been set free. It's so freedom crazy, it says it twice in the same sentence. It is for the sake of freedom you've been set free. It's such a goal of God that you would have freedom and that you would have a peace that passes all understanding and a joy that's untouchable by your daily circumstances. That love would flow freely out of you, not because you think it's some sort of religious obligation that, that, that allow you to score some points on a heavenly scoreboard, but the love naturally pours out of you because the love is pouring into you and it's quite natural to let it out. Freedom. There is this goal that God has for our lives that we would be free. I want to tell you a story about a young man, 17 years old. Uh, and, and he lived in a time in the 1700s when, uh, well, his life was very difficult. His father died when he was four years old. His mother couldn't handle him. He got in with the wrong group of friends. His friends were juvenile delinquents. He became one himself. He was a terror in the community where he lived in England. He uh, wandered around, as, as the words of the famous hymn say, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. That was him. He wandered away from God as quickly as he possibly could. When he's 17, somebody, maybe it was punishment for some crime that he committed, but somebody said, you have to go to this crusade that's coming through your town in England that's being presented by this famous evangelist at the time named George Whitefield. And so he's coming to town and he's going to preach. And so... Robert Robinson decided, well, if I have to go, I'm going to bring my friends with me, my wild friends, and, and we're going to go there, and we're going to mock the Christians who come in to this uh, worship service, and we're going to, if we can, we're going to interrupt the service, and we're going to mock the preacher, and we're going we're to take on the Christians, and we're going to make fun of them, because that's just who we are. It's how we roll, y'all. <laughs> Robert Robinson, his mother was distraught, didn't know what to do. Couldn't control him. No father figure in his life. His friends were his big influence. At age 17, he went to this Christian worship service. <laughs> Much to his surprise, God got a hold of him. Something connected. The bridge was built. It wasn't immediate. It took three years after that. It turns out Robert Robertson was quite the intellectual thinker. 
and he dove like fish into the water, in, in, into scriptures, and he read them back and forth several times through. He, he dove into theology and church doctrine and church history. He studied and he grew, and finally at age 20, on, on, a, on a single piece of, of a loose leaf piece of paper, he wrote on there in Latin, so other people wouldn't be able to find it and discover it. He wrote in Latin the following. And of course, you can see it there, you know exactly what it says. This word here in Latin is freedom. Everyone say freedom again. Freedom. freedom. Through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. In Veni, I have found freedom. Age 20. Happy 20th birthday, Hope. Robert Robinson at age 20 wrote this to himself. Put it on a piece of paper and put it in one of the many books that he'd been studying and reading from age 17 to age 20 as his faith developed, sparked by this Christian service he went to to make fun of, but God got a hold of his heart. Boy, that story sounds familiar to a lot of you, doesn't it? One of my favorite hope stories is the young woman who was invited to hope after her friend finally invited for the 12th time she came and she showed up to this Saturday night service, this kind of service, and as she was leaving, her friend said, well, what do you think? And her friend said, I need a beer. She just couldn't, she, she just didn't know what to do with the whole thing. She said, was that church? Because I missed the organ and I don't know, I don't know what the guy was yapping about up there, but he just kept going and going and going. And, And she came back the next week because something connected with her. And the week after and the week after. And then she took the Alpha course. And like Robert Robinson, she came to faith in Jesus Christ. And then she became a lay leader in this church. These stories sound familiar to us because they're about us. Robert Robinson could be you, could be me. Ordinary people with particular gifts. I mean, this guy's gifts. He, he ended up being just, just brilliant Christian leader, theologian, a scholar, a writer. Oh, and a poet. He wrote songs. He wrote a song that you know, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. He wrote it at age 22. 20, just two years after he wrote on that little piece of paper that he stuffed in a book that was found long after he died. And somebody pulled it out and he signed it. He signed it with the date, age 20. Uh, th th this is what I've come to. I've come to this faith in Jesus Christ. I've found freedom. Freedom. So when he wrote the words of that hymn that you know so well, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love, oh, he knew it. He lived it out. That was his life. That was his friend's life. That's what he thought, the that was the only thing that made sense in life to him. Why would I want anything to do with God? Of course I'm going to wander away from a, a, a fairy tale or, or in the vernacular of our culture today. You know, might as well believe in a flying spaghetti monster or something else. Why, why would I want to embrace something as fantastic as a supreme being? Prone to wander? Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love? Absolutely. And that was the story of the majority of people in this church once upon a time. 
That's the most amazing thing about you, this congregation, that you show up, you show up with skepticism, you show up with all sorts of, uh, of issues against God and certainly big issues against his church and for sort of good reasons sometimes. And then much to your surprise, God gets a hold of you. And this is what is the product. <laughs> There's this other verse in Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing that trips a lot of people up, even uh, seminary students. <laughs> One time, my seminary classmate, we were studying this hymn in the phrase, here I raise my Ebenezer, and he just got the giggles. It was really embarrassing for him and everybody. <laughs> what does that mean? First Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, Samuel, who was the last of the judges in the line of the judges in the Old Testament, took a stone and set it up, a big rock, kind of like this. Kind of like the one you might have noticed just showed up on our island for our 20th birthday right outside of Circle Drive, the main doors of hope. And if you didn't see it on the way in, check it out on the way out. He named the rock Ebenezer, which is what we're going to name the rock out there. And what he said about that Ebenezer rock was, thus far the Lord has helped me, which is literally what Ebenezer means. Let's read it together in the Hebrew. Ready? Go. <laughs> I'm just going to tell that joke the rest of my ministry. Is that okay? Every time we go to an ancient language, I'm going to just keep kind of going back to it. Ha'azar in the Hebrew, Eben. Ha'azar, Eben. Ha'azar, Eben. That's right out of the pages of the original manuscripts of 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. Ha'azar, Eben. Ha'azar, Eben. The rock of help or hope. The rock that says, Samuel was saying, look, it's, we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot over the last few years, but God has been faithful. And so we praise God from whom all blessings flow. And he paused. As we're pausing this weekend to say, praise God, praise you God, from whom all blessings have flown for us for two decades, we'll get back to work again Monday. But this weekend we're gonna party and we're gonna celebrate. And we're putting our rock out in the front yard, our Ebenezer rock, our rock of help, our rock of hope, which literally means what Samuel said. So far, so far, the 20 years of Lutheran Church of Hope, God has really blessed us. Amen? God has really blessed Lutheran Church of Hope, this congregation. Because you can't go anywhere where God won't be. His presence is with you. You fall into the deepest, darkest pit, and lo and behold, there's God. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Here we put out this rock to say, praise you, God, for two decades of blessings that you've rained down upon us. And we look forward to many, many more. So we're going to pause right there just for a second. Because for us, well, we asked Hubble if we could put a giant rock out in front of the school. They said no. But we've got something better. If you look underneath your seats, there should be a rock that looks like this underneath there. Go ahead and pull that out. Now, we don't normally do this, stopping right in the middle of a sermon. But today we're going to, because it's important. Life gets so busy and we run from thing to thing, and especially on days like today, it is so important that we stop 
and we slow down and we remember who we are. We wanted this idea to hit home today. That God has brought hope thus far by his grace. He has brought hope to Moines thus far by his grace. And as you hold that rock, as you raise your Ebenezer, remember that God has brought you to where you are in your life only by his grace as well. Maybe the reason that you're sitting here today, folks, is only because of God's grace. And so as you hold this rock, we're going to respond in thankfulness and we're going to raise our voices together. Jed's going to lead us in a song called Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. I know that you've probably heard this before. I know that you've probably sung this before. But today, I want you to sing it like you've never sang it before. I want you to sing it at the top of your lungs and blow the roof off this place as you raise your Ebenezer and remember and praise the God that has brought you this far. So let's stand together and let's sing Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing Turn my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call our songs of loudest praise You teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. And here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I come. And I hope by thy good pleasure, safely to arrive Sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger in a post his precious blood. And don't you grace how Daily I'm constrained to be Let thy grace now like a flare Line my wandering heart to me Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it Prone to leave the God I love Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can have a seat. That was beautiful. If anybody ever tells me that we need a church choir, I say we have one. It's all of you. I want you to continue to hang on to that rock for the remainder of the message today. It's important that we stop. It's important that we remember. 
There's a story behind every song, not just the song, Come Thou Found, but there's a story behind every song. And that is the song that's behind the story of Lutheran Church of Hope. And the best thing about hope, and I hope that you hear this loud and clear today, it has never been about us. It's not about buildings. It's not about budgets. It's not about how many people are here. It's about transformed lives. How about you? Is that your story today? Or is it just somebody else's? Is, as you look throughout Scripture, it's, it is impossible to read Scripture to go through it and to read these stories and not realize this is a book of examples of what happens when ordinary people encounter an extraordinary God and he turns their life upside down. That's why many of you are here today. You look, you look throughout Scripture and Abraham and Moses and Joseph and Joshua and Jacob, but it's not just the Old Testament, it's the New Testament too. And I was thinking about names and going through the New Testament of people that God changed their lives and you've got Peter and Paul and Mary just wanted to do that for fun. And all throughout Scripture, you see these people, and it's easy to look at the Bible and say, oh, that's those people. They're Bible heroes, and these are these people, and they're in West Des Moines, but it's not really my story. Yes, it is. You wouldn't be here today unless God had brought you this far by his grace. This is your story, and so the question for you and I today, whether this is your first time here or your hundredth time here, is when God comes calling Will you answer? Will you listen? As a shepherd calls out to his sheep. You heard in our scripture reading today that Jesus draws this parallel, and this was a regular profession that a lot of people had back in that day. There was shepherds and there were sheep. And Jesus says, I'm the good, the great shepherd, and you are the sheep. I don't know hardly anything about sheep, but there's one thing I think I know pretty clearly. You might say they are prone to wander prone to leave the shepherd they love. They're probably smelly too, but I can't preach on that. So we're prone to wander. And that's why we have a shepherd named Jesus that is calling out to us today saying, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But like a shepherd that's caring for his sheep, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly and have it to the full. And you can have that. Like, that's the offer that Jesus gives us today. Not just to come here and go through the motions week after week and say, I'm going to come and I'm going to sing a few songs and listen to a sermon and and then go home. (laughs) It was so much more than that. This really takes all of your life. And Jesus says that's available to you, but you have to listen. You have to listen. And our lives can get so noisy and our lives can get so cluttered. As a sheep, are you listening to the voice of your shepherd today? Do you know his voice? And then are you listening? Because he's calling out to you. And maybe you're just skeptical of this whole thing today. He's calling out to you. Make it real. Maybe you're kind of on the fence and you're just kind of complacent. He's calling out to you. Make it real. No matter where you're at today, he's calling out to you. It's time to start living. So I'm going to toss it back to Pastor Mike for the next part of our message today. A challenge for all of us as a church. Are you going to be a consumer or are you going to live for the sake of others? Let's hop back one more time. What if the church just decided to become the church? I mean like a biblical church. 
a Zacchaeus type of thing, where we say, God, you didn't just transform me for me. You didn't just change my life and take away my sins and open up the door to eternal life in heaven for me. You did it so that I can be a blessing to the world, so that your power and grace and your freedom can pour through me and it can set other people free too. That's the mission of the church. The goal Jesus Christ has for you is freedom. And the goal he has for the church isn't to just say, consume it, take it in, soak it up. It's to reflect it. It's to bring it out to the world around us. It's to be a church with a zeal and a passion to be on a mission from God. Not a mission the world has to a fear, but a mission that's draped and immersed in God's love, poured out through us. It's fascinating to me that the most Zacchaeus-like character in modern literature is Ebenezer Scrooge. Here I raise my, oh, Dickens knew his Bible, make no mistake about it. We always think of Scrooge as this Zacchaeus-like, tight, uh, you know, cheap, sort of mean, angry, almost thief from the poor so he can get richer and richer. But Scrooge, remember how the story ends. Radical transformation. Radical transformation, because he got a glimpse. He caught a glimpse of his past, his present, and his future. Catch a glimpse. Catch a glimpse of everything that God has done for you over your life to lead you to this point. And catch a glimpse of the future God has planned for you. And ask yourself today if you're on course. Are you walking in the direction that God has created you to walk? And can you trust it? And then collectively as a church, it's a really good time for us to ask the question too. Thank you, God, for two decades. Thank you for this weekend of celebration. Thank you for the vision you've given to us for the future. Thank you for the hope we get to bring to the world around us. Thank you that we get to go find Tiny Tim so that Ebenezer, the rock, out in our front yard is a daily reminder every time, every time you come to church a daily reminder of the hope and the help that God brings to us by his presence and that he wants to share through you, this church, to the world around us. It's stories of transformation. It's not just Robert Robinson and Zacchaeus and Ebenezer Scrooge. It's you. Take a look at this video and we'll get ready for communion. And you just kind of felt it when you walked into the building. What I have seen at Hope that helps me with my relationship with God is how accepting and how loving God can be through His people. We love as Jesus loves, we serve as Jesus served, we reach out as Jesus reached out, and we invite as Jesus invited. And I got invited by a friend to be on the song leader team, so doing the songs downstairs with kids. My first time at Vacation Bible School was really amazing. I thought it was going to be just another regular church Bible school, memorize a couple Bible verses. But once I came here, I was blown away by the music and all the lights and sounds and activity. And to watch them running to church from the parking lot, just they can't wait to get back. They can't wait. So I had a really good friend at the time and he kind of took the initiative to say, you know, I think God is what, is, is what you're missing in your life. And so he invited me to come into Hope with him. And ever since I 
set foot in the worship center and went to that first service, there was just something about the love that I experienced that I couldn't deny. And ever since then, I just wanted to keep coming back and continue to grow deeper in my faith. While in Ghana, I really experienced Jesus during worship, you know, at some of the new churches that we planted there and that we built there. Seeing the way people worshiped in Ghana, I just really felt God's presence with me and with the whole church. It's just amazing. The feeling that you get is just an overwhelming Jesus feeling, but it's an excited, fantastic Jesus feeling. And, and that just gets me so full of love. The Holy Spirit was a palpable force in the room. You could feel Him. And I'd never experienced that before. And the Holy Spirit invaded my heart and my life. Things changed, things that I didn't think would ever change, things I couldn't change on my own. Something on that Good Friday service that night, uh, and right now it even chokes me up, <laughs> but it, uh, just listening to that, it I just all of a sudden, God just got a hold of me that night. Uh, and you hate to admit it, but it brought me to tears that night, and I just sat there, uh, even after the service was done, just thank that uh, he would send his son to die for me. Had I not been invited into Hope and had not had such a loving and welcoming church to come into, I don't know where I would be at today in my life. I think Hope is a really cool place because it's not just one huge church, it's a place where people can really get engaged with God. That's where God moves, is just watching people's lives completely get turned upside down, mine included, so. So those are their stories. What's your story? What does that rock mean for you this morning? It's been so amazing to watch so many of you participate in the, the hashtag challenge we're doing, that if you've been challenged yet, it's not, you don't even have to dump ice water on your head. Just share your hope story. It's all over Facebook. Check it out this week. It's been so cool to watch you sign your names and to watch the exponential growth of the names just in the last four years, more than the rest of the decades combined. It's been so cool to watch God change us as a church as well, whether your hope story began a long time ago or this is your first time here. It is only by the Lord's grace that we have come this far. And I was thinking about it this week, and some of you may not know this, but this is before, before I even got here. All the way back in 2007, there was a group of people that was getting together at Hope, and they were praying and thinking, where should our next satellite be? God, where are you calling us? And there was a dozen or so of them, and they had a map, they had a map up on the wall of the greater Des Moines metro area, and I don't know where God's calling us to. Where should we go? And so they decided to come back, and they were going to pray about it for a week, and they came back the next week, and they had that big map up on the wall. And they were looking at it, and they just prayed, God, where do you want us to go? And they said, okay, what we're going to do is we're all going to walk up together to the map, and we're all going to place our hands on the part of Des Moines that we think that God's calling us to go. And after silence and stillness and prayer, they all walked up to the map, and every single person without talking placed their hands right on top of each other, right over the heart of the city of Des Moines. And when I first got told that story at my interview for this job, 
I got goosebumps, and then I got a new microphone. Everybody say, thanks, Blair. And one of the things that became so evident is that God has had his hand all over this place from the very beginning. And I am so glad that there were people back in 2007 that were thinking of us because we would not be here if they hadn't listened to the voice of the shepherd. And I don't know about you, but I want to be those kinds of people. That back in 2007, they realized that maybe, <laughs> that maybe seven years from now, there's going to be people sitting here celebrating what God has done, not only in 20 years of hope, but in six and a half years of Hope Des Moines. And that's why we're here today. But our job's not done. There are still tens and thousands of people without a church home that don't know Jesus here in Des Moines. And so we're not going to stay complacent, and we're not going to stay content, and we're not going to say, well, it's great, I have a church home here in Hope Des Moines, and I come to Hubble every week, and I consume the worship, and I leave. Who are you inviting? Who are you bringing along with for the ride? Who's going to be sitting here seven years from now saying, I'm so glad you invited me? Even if it took 12 times, like we heard in the video, God never gives up on people. So we never give up on people. And 20 years from now, it's going to be those people. 20 years from now, it's going to be those people that we invite that are going to be sitting here saying, I'm so glad that in 2014 there was people that were thinking of us. And you've been doing that for so long, particularly, can you believe it now? A year ago, this November, we launched our giving campaign here called Building Hope Together so that we could build a permanent home, a permanent church facility here in the heart of Des Moines. And so many of you gave sacrificially and, and generously and faithfully to that. And now, since January, we've been in that building, and so many of you have been giving your blood, sweat, and tears, literally, to help build that church. And because the mission doesn't change, it doesn't matter if we're here at Hubble or if we're there. But I am so excited to announce with excitement and a bit of nostalgia, that Sunday, November 30th is going to be the last time we worship at Hubble because on Sunday, December 7th, we're going to move into our new home. Praise God. Praise God. And we're going to jump in there, and it's going to be Advent, and we're going to decorate for Christmas, and we're going to be home for Christmas in our new home for Christmas, and I think that's just the way that God would want it. So last but not least, you've got that postcard on your chair, and there may be some extras laying around. We've got some extras in the back. It is my prayer that when we leave this place today, there'd be none left, because if you don't need it, if you can write it all down or remember it, give it to somebody else. Take dozens of them. We're going to get thousands of those next week so that you can literally give hundreds of them to your, to your friends. Invite, 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 invite. Never stop inviting. And we're going to start there at our new building on December 7th, and we want to pack the place. And it seems to be the theme and the history of hope is that we run out of space before we move in, and that might be the case. And that'll be a really good thing. And that'll be, a, that'll be a God thing. It'll be a very exciting thing. So join us on Friday, November 21st for our prayer and worship night. We're going to be there. Join us for those prayer nights. Come on down and pray over the building. But we'd also ask you to join us in prayer because we are saying December 7th with everything that's in our control. But we also have some wonderful friends that we've met called the City of Des Moines. And we love them and they love us. And there's some things that are out of our control. 
And so when you move into a new building, you got to meet different codes and things like that. And so we would want to encourage you to continue to pray that all that would go smoothly and that God would provide a way for us to be in that building on December 7th. So join us in prayer for that. Take those, give those to your friends. Everything is about to change. Everything is about to change at Hope Des Moines. And there's one thing that's never going to change. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. And so would you stand as we celebrate Holy Communion together. As we truly remember that it is all about Jesus, we remember on the night that he was betrayed, our Lord and Savior took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples to drink saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood. This is my promise to you that I will wash you clean and I will forgive all of your sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And so as we prepare our hearts for communion today, let us pause and pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us, our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated and we'll invite our communion assistants forward. We want you to know this morning that communion is open to everyone. And as you feel led, the ushers will not lead you. You just come up as the Spirit leads you up the two center uh, middle aisles here. Come up. There'll be two stations here at the front. There are allergy-free elements available at the altar if you need those. And then we ask that you return around the outside and don't go anywhere because we're going to close and worship together. And then we're going to have a big old party down in the cafeteria together. Come on up. Receive the bread. Receive the wine. His grace is for you. And it starts here today. Come as you're ready.